Welcome to it. I'm sorry, my old podcast. Welcome to Natural Bliss Podcast for a Better Quality of Life. I am your host, Joyce Wheeler. And today, whatever can go wrong is going wrong, but I'm just going to roll with it and we're going to keep on going. So you want to head over to heavenlybodieswellness.com. We are having a Valentine's Day sale, 20% off site-wide. We'll keep on code Share Love, all capitals. And today is the last day. So you want to get in on that to get your, your loved ones or yourself or some of you care about some good wellness products. So yeah, that's that. And today I have with me Robert Kittridge. And he is inherent gifts of intuitive intelligence, sensitivity, and inspired communication, which has led him to be recognized as an influential mentor, coach, trainer, and speaker. His 30 years of fire service prepared him for his outstanding coaching career, incorporating his people, crisis management, and communication skills. He has an innate ability to cut to the heart of someone's core issues, either personally or with leadership and team development while excluding, exclude, okay, <laughs> pass. <laughs> the caring and support his clients need. Robert's transformational journey inspires others around him and a, adds to his understanding of what motivates and emotionally holds back his clients. His passion for human design theory elevates his insight and knowledge for revealing to his clients their unique design and what it takes to live their true self separate from what they are conditioned to believe. Robert guides his clients on their unique journeys from a place of highly tuned sensitivity and intuition, backed by a depth of knowledge, resulting in a life of clarity, alignment, and harmony. Robert, welcome to the show. Well, welcome, Joyce. I'm glad we can, I'm glad we can make this work. This is awesome. Me too. So tell me, how did you get started on this journey? with the being intuitive? I mean, were you very young when that came up? And Well, Joyce, we all are. We all have intuition built into us, but many of us, and depending on how we were brought up, that intuition may be squashed. So mm -hmm. for me, I was brought up in a very emotionally, physically abusive household, mm -hmm. um, alcohol, which of course, you know, a lot of that is, you never talk about what's going on in the house, outside of the house. And as a kid, I always knew something wasn't correct, right? Something wasn't right. But when I'd ask the questions, I was told, no, that's not what you're seeing, or that's not. And after a while as a kid, who do you believe? You or your parents? Because they're supposed to know, right? Right, right. And that, so for me, my intuition has been one of those intellectual faculties, along with imagination, that I've suppressed over my time until probably two, two and a half years ago, did wow. I start to realize. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a long time. That's years to go without realizing who you are as a human, you know, and the gifts that as humans, we truly have. Right. Yeah. So did you, did you have siblings? Um, I did, or I do. Um, I've got some stepsisters and I've got a stepbrother. Um, none of us were really close or anything during, during our growing up. So I take it that your, the, the step siblings in your life had been a big part of your growing up. It sounds like, am I correct? My stepbrother, 
I did not meet my stepsisters until I was well in like 18, 19 years old. They were um, involved with my true father, my real father's life on his side. Got you. So you were a firefighter? I was, yeah, in 19, so in about 1982, and I could talk about that, that's when I started my real personal growth journey. Um, I lived in Boulder, Colorado at the time. I was escaping life. I mean, and at the time in the 80s, Boulder was uh, a great place to escape life. Let's just say that between uh, the drugs and all kinds of different stuff that went on back then, I found myself um, numbing everything because I didn't know what else to do. And I did it unconsciously because I didn't know otherwise. Right? I mean, you, you know where I am? And yeah. then in one night in 1982, in the back of a police car, and it was nothing, it was actually a really silly story, but I realized, and this is the first time I've got that I heard that voice, that inner voice that said, you know, you're better than this. You don't belong here, i.e. the back of a police car. And then uh, I met my second ex-wife. I've got three of them um, in 1982. And her father was a chief of a fire department. And I got interested and got introduced to it and started as a volunteer and then worked my way all the way through as I served on a national incident management team. Uh, you're in Louisiana, I know. I spent 30 days in New Orleans and Katrina in our, I mean, we were on the ground day two. Um, I spent time on wildland fires, and then I retired as a fire chief in a volunteer wildland fire organization here in Colorado Springs. So I'd like to hear that silly story about the cop car. <laughs> Do you want to share or would you rather Absolutely not? Absolutely, I will. It, it was, um, as I said, most of that year I don't remember because I was either drunk or stoned. I mean, I, I really was. I was numbing that part of my life. And I was coming home one evening about two in the morning from a friend's house. And this was the one time I wasn't. I was, I was actually not drunk, not stoned. About two in the morning, I'm almost to my house. And I pull up on it. And this is a small town north of Boulder, Colorado. Small at the time. Not small anymore. Pull up to a flashing red light. And I like pull up, look, and just kind of drive through. Because I'm thinking, who's awake at two in the morning in, in Longmont, right. Colorado? Well, of course, who's awake is the cops, right? And I mean, boop, boop. And when he pulled me over, my house was right there. I mean, it was, I could sit in a seat and see my apartment. And he asked me for my driver's and registration, driver's license and insurance. And I gave it to him. And I felt, I was feeling pretty good, right? I didn't do anything really wrong or anything else. And he comes back. He said, well, Mr. Kittredge, this is great. Everything's good. Except do you realize you have a warrant out for your arrest? And I was like, yeah, kind of that look, Joyce. Uh, no. A year before, I, when I was moving to Boulder, I actually got a traffic ticket. And at that time in Boulder County, you had to go to court for that traffic ticket. Well, the week after I moved and the week after that, I started a job. Life started going, totally blew off the ticket. So did you, did you forget about it? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, I had so much going on in my life that it was like a, 
you know, okay, I got a ticket, right? I mean, it, it, yeah, let alone the piece of you've got to show up for court. <laughs> right. So ended up, you know, went to court, paid a small fine. They actually uh, dropped the charge of the speeding because it was a time when radar was just coming out and it was unconstitutional. And, and yes, I'm that old. So, right. I mean, it's, uh, it was a really interesting thing, but it was that turning point for me. Shortly afterwards, a friend of mine, who I didn't know really cared about me, gave me a book and it was called, as a matter of fact, I've got it and I still got it. And it was called The Magic Power of the Mind. And I started reading, which was, which was different for me. I was not a reader. I was not a self-help or I was nothing, but it really started interesting me, the power that the mind has over us. And I mean, from there, I've, I've got into coaching and I've been a coach and I've been coached and I'm a speaker. And I mean, it's taken a whole lot of different paths. So what, what made you read that book? I mean, because um, it, it, it seems to me from the way you were, it's kind of like, well, I really wasn't a reader, but I decided to read this book. Why? Yeah, great question, Joyce. First and foremost, I respected the guy that gave it to me, right? Okay. And that was the first piece. And that's what we do, right? When we respect somebody, we do what they ask, whether it feels right or not, we still do it. And again, in that police car, I heard a voice saying, this is not where you belong. So I kind of figured if I was going to go down the same path, or I maybe had an opportunity to learn something new, I would do that. And I started reading the book. So how did that book change your life or what's your direction of life? Well, you know, I really didn't realize it did until years later. Um, hmm. I think what it did was start to awaken this thing of self-growth, of, of, of that knowledge, of that inner voice that guides us. It, this talks about the mind, but the mind is never what guides us. The, the mind, it's our inner voice that really truly guides us. And I think now, as I look back on it, this was the start of that awareness of growing awareness of what truly does guide us down our path. If we listen to it, I was, I was going to an event one day and I wore moccasins and it doesn't have the soul and they're very comfortable. And I was going to event, there was rain in the forecast and I'm hearing this voice in my head take your boots, take your boots. Uh, but I want to wear moccasins. We'll just put the boots in the car, put the boots in the car. I didn't listen. So I, I don't know if you know, but when you have moccasins that don't have a sole on them, your feet get wet. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so after that, I listened to that voice in my head. My husband just recently was working on our greenhouse. And for him, it was a little bit more than just wet feet. He was on the lid, he had to get up on the ladder and his inner voice was telling him to get the other ladder because it was more stable. Well, he didn't listen, fell and broke his collarbone. Yeah. So, well, I'll take the wet feet. And Joyce, that's what happens, right? Is because we are not taught to listen to that voice. We are, we are conditioned to listen to the outer authority of others, right? Because. Right. They, they should know better or they should. So what is this voice? I mean, and, and again, when I did early on, I was criticized for it. I was, you know, everything else. So eventually you stop even though, but the voice never stops. It may get shallower. It may get quieter, 
but the voice never stops. And what I've learned now is it's not only a voice, it's also feelings, depending on in human design. And I, I, you know, we can touch on this, but where your authority is in your human design, sometimes it's just an emotional feeling. Sometimes it's a voice. Sometimes it's a knowing. It's it, and it's you and getting really in connection with you, then that has you then start down that path. And and Joyce, I'll tell you, when I speak, one of the questions I ask is, how many of you have done things you knew you shouldn't have done, but you did it anyway? And I'm right, the hands go up. We all do it. But right. think about what would happen if we started following our inner knowing, that voice that knows better for us. What would the world be like? I, I think. Wow. I mean, I, I believe in a world that humans are empowered to make choices and decisions from that inner voice, free from the shoulds of the world, right? You know, you should do this, or you should do that, or you better do this. That's all outer authority stuff happening, but it's conditions us not to follow this inner voice, this inner knowing. Right. So some people might call it the higher self. Would you say it's our higher self? You know, it's, it is, it, it really truly is. I'm a firm believer that we are created whole and complete. We're resourced. And from a spiritual sense, we are created in the image of, right? So whether that's God, whether that's source, whether that's whatever that is, is that energy, that source, God can do nothing but create perfectly. So you're perfect. I'm perfect. Now, our behavior may not be, right? <laughs> But we are. So that piece of that higher authority is just that. That inner voice is that higher connection to, I like to say, source or God, either one. Um, universe. Universe. I, I, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Whatever right. you call no, it doesn't it. matter. Um, but yeah, it is that higher authority. And that's over the last two years, two and a half years. It, and it started earlier. I've really started to step back and follow and listen that higher self because it it's there. We've just, right. We've just put a lid on it most of the time. Right. Have you ever questioned the inner voice? Well, wondering, oh <laughs> wondering, is this me? Cause this is what I want. So I want, you know, I, I want the universe to say, yeah, the, you are where you're supposed to be. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And then you step back and you're just like, okay, was, was that me? Cause this is what I want to do. Or was it actually my intuition, my higher self? Um, well, here's the thing I've learned is I've stopped questioning, right? Yeah. Is, is the interesting part is when you start to decondition when you, cause the questioning tends to come from the mind Now, not right. my mind, the mind. And right. the mind is, is really constructed to keep us safe and status quo. So as the voice comes up, and I've now named mine, I, I call it Marty, Marty the mind, <laughs> right? You know, Marty will go, whoa, what do, you, what do you mean? Remember the last time you tried that? You, that's not, and now I say, thank you. Thanks for serving me. And my favorite phrase, and my clients know this is, up until now. Because what that does is that's a pattern interrupt to stop that tape from running and allow me then to listen and really step into contemplation on what I'm hearing from my inner knowing. 
That's the process I go through when I hear, because it is two voices, right? The mind will speak to you in, a, in definite voices, depending on. Yeah. Right. So you had mentioned human design. Uh-huh. And that's something I'm really curious about because it's something I really don't know a lot about. I've heard about it. I've heard other, other people speak about it. And I just want to back up for a second because we were just talking about the mind. And I had just had a guest on a couple of weeks back. Her name is Tenna. And we were talking about the soul and the mind and uh-huh. you know how the mind wants to take over and be, be like, you know, it's about me. You know, forget you. So you just go, go over there and sit down, and, you know, yep. forget it. But so I've, I've, I like the interconnection because the audience is good now hearing it from you. And of course, we need to hear things seven times before we start to believe it or it registers. Right. But the human design, I've heard other people speak about it. I have a friend of mine who's real interested to know what, what, my, what something of mine is because she knows hers and she's very much into human design. So what exactly is human design? Yeah, human design is what I call a modality. That's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tool. That's all it is, right? Um, I like to say it's not the truth or a truth. It's a tool. But what I find is it is your truest design on how you're, cre- it is your DNA in God's, in kind of that God's DNA. That's how I look at it. And it's how we take in energy. It's how we process energy. And it's how we put energy back out into the world. And everyone is absolutely unique. And again, that's part of the world is we're meant to try to fit into a box, right? right. Not stand out. And that's been a design, not a, not a big deal. But once you know this, once you know your design, you can start to pull away, kind of call it tweezering, tweezering out this conditioning. Um, and there's fear gates. So, you know, if something's happening, I can look at your design and say, well, like for me, I've got a fear of inadequacy. And it's a, it's a con, I am a salesperson fear of missing out star client because it's like, you know, they're like, well, it's closing in two days. You better get in here now. My fear of inadequacy jumps in and goes, damn right, you better, you better get in there and do that because you don't know enough yet. And what this has done now is allowed me to be aware of it. Because once we're aware of something, we can take and look at it in different ways. Versus it, you know, Carl Jung said, until we make the unconscious conscious, it'll control our life and we call it fate. But once we pull that out and start to look at it, we can then start to say, huh, I do know enough. And again, I've spent thousands on coaches and certification programs and, you know, books and everything else. And I'm realizing that piece of my design is that fear of inadequacy telling me I better buy that next book. I better, that kind of thing. Does that, does that help? And so it's, it's really how your energy moves in your design. Okay. So in which, when we're talking about energy here, because a lot of people, when you say energy, they think like being energetic. Uh-huh. What we're talking about is the natural vibration of frequency, the yes. energy that is uh, that is in everything that is in our world. That That's is correct. the energy we're talking about. That's the okay, energy just we're talking cl- about. Just, just want to clarify that for the listening audience so that they don't get confused. Be like, oh, this guy's getting more energy. <laughs> you know? Well, and here's one of the great conditionings, right? One of the great conditionings that happens. So my type, 
and there's five of them. My type is a generator. A generator has lots of energy because they have motors that are connected, what's called motors. So there's energy centers, there's motors, there's awareness centers, that kind of thing. Projectors design typically do not have, especially the sacral energy, they may have some subsequent energy, but what happens is we try to make projectors fit into a generator world. Mm. And eventually they burn out because they don't have that energy to be able to do that in a sustained. And, and quite a few of my clients are older clients now as they're getting on. It's like disease is now starting to come up because right when we're not in energetic flow, our body is at dis-ease, right? Which right. produces disease. And Correct. it's interesting how to, how to start to look at, so, well, do you have this and I can look at your chart and go, well, the stomach is connected here and let's look and see, does this, and it's just interesting how to start pulling it apart, not to heal anybody, not to be a you know doctor for anybody, but just to look at some of these things that in your chart that may or may not be in alignment. That's interesting. And you had mentioned one of the chakras. And that's the thing too with the chakras is those are energy fields and they're also interconnected with the body. So right. if you have a if you have a chakra that's not balanced, you can you're susceptible to illness. Absolutely. And that's human design combines chakras, combines the Chinese I Ching, combines astrology, and combines the uh, the Jewish Kabbalah into one modality. And we, in the late in 1700s, humans mutated from seven centered beings, chakras, to actually nine centered beings. So we, in human design, talk about nine energy centers versus the seven chakras. So it actually lets it pull out a little bit more. Right. I always, you know, when I talk about the chakras to people, I was telling you, know, we have seven main chakras, but there, there are more. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I'm really, I don't know a whole lot about the other ones. And, you know, maybe after this conversation, I'll dig a little deeper because I'm curious now as to, okay, I know the throat chakra is, you know, communication. It, you know, you can end up having a sore throat and not be because you're sick, be because that chakra is out of balance. So the other chakras, I'm wondering what parts of the body are they associated with? Do you happen to know that? Yeah. Well, so, um, so let's, let's stay with the throat chakra for a minute, the throat center, right? Chakra center. So the throat center is about communication and manifestation. That's how we make things happen, but it's also connected to the thyroid. So there's, I mean, a number of people I've talked to that have suppressed their voice, right? Mm -hmm. They were designed to talk and each center, remember I said it combines the Chinese I Ching. So there's 64 gates within our body and those gates connect the centers into channels and that's how energy flows. Is it kind of like the meridians? Um, in a way, it brings the meridians together. Yes, it's it really is kind of a, but so for me, I've got a totally open throat center. Totally open. It's not defined. There's no gates in it or anything else. The, what's called not self-behavior of an open throat is attracting attention to yourself. Now for me, and this is one thing human design has done, is it answered so many questions 
about my past. So for me, I was Mr. Social. I was always at the networking events. I was always ever at blah, 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 blah. But what I've discovered is because of my profile, I'm meant to speak when the time is right, when the people are in the environment right, and I'm meant to wait to respond, not initiate. So it's been an interesting shift now. And I just went to a networking event last night, one I hadn't been to in a couple of years. And I walked in and I just got this feeling like, oh, this is not correct for me. Because all the, I mean, I could just feel, you know, that typical networking stuff going on. Not, not me anymore. I don't fit into that world anymore. It was just, I stayed for a bit, but after a while I had to go because I was really uncomfortable in my body and figuring that. So each center connects to some piece of the body in some way. The heart center connects to the stomach. The spleen connects to the lymphatic system, right? So, I mean, it, it all kind of connects together in that. Can we make a song out of that? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, the thigh bone connected to the right. Yeah, the heart chakra <laughs> right, exactly. connected. <laughs> I like you, Joyce. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what is your human design? You said that you were generators. So what else does that, you know, what else does that mean? What what does that all encompass? Yeah. So every type, and there's so there's generators projectors, manifestors, reflectors, and then manifesting generators. So it's kind of a sub subtopic of generators. Gener every type has a strategy and authority. So as a generator, my strategy is to wait to respond. That's the, yeah, yeah, see you get this? But what are yeah, we talking? That, that would be hard for me, is that hard for you? Oh my God. Because we've been taught, and especially as an entrepreneur, especially into small business, right? Again, I've got a channel that goes from the heart to the spleen. It's called the channel of sales. So in a way, I'm designed to sell. But what I'm not designed to do is sell myself. Hmm. That's been a huge awareness. Like, right? So how do you, as a small business person... How do you, you know, I don't do Facebook lives and I don't do any of the stuff anymore. I used to, because that's what everybody said you needed to do, but it never felt correct. See, we don't follow what feels correct. We follow what other people are telling us. Mm -hmm. um, so generators are way to respond. Projectors, so they're about 70% of the population. Generators. Projectors are, their strategy and authority is to be wait to be recognized and invited. That's their strategy. So for project projectors, remember, we're, we're, we're saying that most projectors are pushed into a generator world. Most of the time they're not recognized. Most of the time they're not invited. They're just trying to live. And again, they don't have the energy to make those decisions correctly and follow through with them, thus the burnout. Does that make sense? Yeah, I wonder if I'm a project projector. Yeah, I, I don't know, right? So we can find out. You can send me your information. I'll run your profile for you. I but did. Then, I did send you my information. Oh, okay. I'll have to look back at it. So manifestors, true manifestors, are the people that get stuff done. They are the idea folks. Their, their strategy is to inform. 
Now, the, the other side of that is to inform not to ask permission. Like I'm going to the store. Think about a manifestor child under a parent that's informing what he's going to do, he or she's going to do, and the parent is trying to teach them respect. No, you have to ask for what you want. No, you have. What happens to that child? Right? Mm -hmm. Now, here's a biggie. A reflector? A reflector takes 28 to 30 days because they're lunar beings. They don't have an inner authority. It takes them 28 to 30 days to actually make a choice and decision that's correct for them. Imagine how they live in this world. It sounds like it sounds like my son. I mean, he doesn't take that long, but you know, as a child and even as a young adult, when he had to make decisions, he would take a long time to okay. make a decision. And I had commented on, on it. And he said, well, how do you think it feels to be me? Well, so let me step back to me as a generator. Remember, I said strategy and authority. Everyone has an authority. Mine is emotional clarity. So to make the decisions that are correct for me comes over time. Like there's no truth in the now for me. Somebody say, you want to go to dinner or you want to do this or you want to speak at this event. For me, it's getting into it and feeling if it's correct. I'm not meant to be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. I've been able to look back at most of my decisions that were ineffective were spontaneous decisions. Interesting. So for me, it's now like, okay, listen, can I get back to you on Friday with that? And I'm realizing if they're pushing, like, no, I need an answer today, then the answer is no. It's right. easier for me now to say no than to say yes and not do it, not follow through, or worse yet, do it half, half asked, right? Halfway. Right. Which was what I would do before, because I'm a people, <laughs> I was a people pleaser. So I'd say yes, 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 yes. And then I wouldn't follow through on most stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Now I can, when I make that decision, it's correct. I'm able to take my energy and follow through with it. So how long have you been doing the human design? Because you said it's just been like the past two years that you finally have realized stuff. So have you been doing human design with clients for the past two years or is no. it less? No, June of 2020 in the kind of middle of COVID, I met a coach, a friend of mine introduced us and said, and I was just going through a divorce and a separation and some different stuff and said, you two ought to meet. And we met just great person. And we, I mean, connected like that. Right. And at the end, she says, you know, I've got something you might be interested in. Cause I had a story. I mean, I was a victim. I was, I was, everybody beat me up and beat, you know, blah. Right. And she introduced me to human design. So I've spent about a year going through that for me and the last year now going through certification to become a guide with human design. I've now brought it into my clients and already some of the changes have just been unbelievable in, in my clients, just unbelievable. Really? And in me as a coach, because I've stopped trying to tell them what's best for them, right? Which is what most coaches do. Nothing right. wrong with that but I'm now able to show them their design, ask them the questions that are coming to me, intuitively coming to me so that they can make the decision that's correct for them. And that's how my coaching business has now changed. That's interesting. Yeah. 
so I'd like to know my human designers. And I was looking at the email. The only thing I don't know off the top of my head is my time of birth. Oh, here, I, I found it in the email. You want me to copy and paste it into the chat? Yeah, why don't you do that here real quick? Okay. I get it all highlighted. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like for you that once you learned about human design and where you fit in, do you feel like it just like changed your life? Oh, absolutely has changed my life. Yes. I, I, I am not, do not feel like I am. I look at pictures of me, right? My old pictures um, and wonder who, who was that guy? Now, the neat part about it is that I'm very grateful for that because what it's allowed me to do, you know, many people would say, God, I wish I'd change this or I wish I could change that in my life, blah, 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 blah. I don't. I'm grateful for everything I've went through because it's made me who I am today. Right. I, t I totally agree. I feel the exact same way. The good, the bad, I would do it over again in an instant. Yep. Yep. Be because the, the, the things that we do go through, they do mold us into, you know, the people that we are. And uh, for instance, when I was young, I had a bunch of girls in the neighborhood that decided to bully me. And they had told other people about me and I would walk down the street and, you know, they'd be saying mean things. Yeah. And I'm like, who are these people? I don't even know you, mm -hmm. you know? So for me going into my adulthood, from that experience, I learned that I'm not going to do that to somebody else. If somebody tells me something about somebody, it's like, you know, I'm really sad that you had that negative experience with this person, but I haven't. So I am not going to not talk to them or not consider being the, their friend because of your experience with them. And not only that, but tell me one side of the story. Well, and, you know, and I so, just so yeah, and so that's conditioning, right? We do that. That's conditioning because we want you to be on my side, or we, I, I, whatever right. the reason, right? That right there is ab an absolute, absolute example of conditioning. And the thing about when you start to understand it is that. Um, it's really not meant as harm or malice because they don't know any better. They don't know any better either. Right. And, and this is, this has been a saving grace for me because for many years I blame my parents. I blame my, you know, everything else um, for my life. And here's the deal. My mom did the best she could do with what she had. And it's, it's interesting with that piece of it. Um, to, to now be able to have, again, different perception, right? We only look right. at things through a certain perception, but if we stand back and I'm also starting to really dig deep into a thing called gene keys, which is a companion to human design. Um, and he's got a thing called contemplation and it's all it is a stepping back, taking a breath, pausing, right? Cause we get that train going and we, we can't get off, right? Pausing pivoting, and then merging. 
So for me now, looking at my life, I've been able to pause, look at it and say, huh, and pivot and now merge it back into who I am today. And it's, it's just been really, really fun to do that. That's interesting. You know, and going back to what you were saying about how you would be spontaneous, you know, I agree that I being spontaneous, it's like, hey, let's go take a let's go take a ride down to the to the beach today. You know, that's a good kind of spontaneous. But then you have the spontaneous thing like what you're talking about too, where you're not totally thinking it through, you're not stepping back, you're just you're so excited for the moment that it's just like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And this is, you know, when we talk about this, right, we're talking big decisions, right? Life change, life changing decisions. The issue with most people is they don't know what a life changing decision is. And they don't know how to make the difference. Like, let's go to the beach versus who do I marry or what job do I get? Or so it's really this understanding of how we make our decisions so we can start pulling in that it was interesting, a friend of mine, as I started to do this, as I said, mine's emotional. So as I started to figure out how I was making decisions, we were at her house one night and, you know, she goes, well, would you like a glass of wine? And I'm like, hmm. And she's like, do you want a glass of wine or not? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, and, and I'm like, it, because it, I had to be able to pull apart how I made decisions and you have to do that with everything. Now it's like, yeah, no, I don't want a glass of wine. Or yeah, yes, I do. But it's, again, there's no truth for me in the now. It comes with emotional clarity. So the more I'm not spontaneous in those big decisions, the better my outcomes will probably be. So you, Joyce, your design, and, and again, my languaging, if you listen to it, this is not who you are. Okay, and many people look at these modalities like DISC. I've taught DISC and been certified in, which is a behavioral system. Um, you know, I'm a high D or I'm a high E or a Myers-Briggs. I'm an EFTJ or whatever, right? Any of those letters, right? This human design is your design. Who you show up, who you are is how you show up in the world aligned with or not with your design. Okay. So I'm looking at you. One of the things for you is you may not know when enough is enough. Like, you know, our conversation of I'm just going to push through this. So you're open spleen and you have a totally open splenic center. The downside or the not self is you don't know when enough is enough. And society says when you come up against obstacles, what are you supposed to do? Push through them. So that may be for you a not self-behavior. So your design is a generator and your authority is emotional clarity like mine. Okay, now I don't totally understand not knowing when enough is enough. Like I'm, I'm thinking about how I do things. Relationships, jobs, um, work things. Like, you'll know when, God, I ought to get out of this. Mm -hmm. You'll know that. Well, and you know, and I'm thinking about it right now. And it's like, I have a lot of different things that I would like to do. I'm a very creative person. Yes, you are. So like, I make jewelry. 
you know, and then it'll be, and I do organic skincare products. And it's just like, I'm always, I bought a cricket so I could do t-shirts and, you know, other items to sell. So is that kind of one, I don't know when enough is enough. No, 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 not at all. Um, so typically we see that in like relationships, right? Uh, people stay in relationships longer than they should um, or, or that's that benefits them, that serves them, that kind of thing. So for you, um, most of, if I were to coach you or we were to look at this is you've got a channel, you've got a gate of love that comes out of the G center. So I would say for you, a lot of your endeavors come through love. Like that's the energy that you, because yeah. you've got it both conscious and unconscious. The other thing for you, and you've only got one, two, three full channels, you've got a channel of community, which means that you're here to serve the community. Look at what you're doing with your podcast. Look at what you're doing. Right. The downside, the danger, everything has a danger opportunity, right? Sun Tzu said everything. It's, it's actually a universal law called law polarity. Everything has a two sides. So that channel of community for you, you're going to give and give and give and give. Maybe until you don't know enough is enough, like you don't know how to say no. <laughs> I do know how to say no. I can say no. But what you need to be in alignment is you, it's, it's called a bargain. I'm going to give you this, you give me that. Most people with this channel will give and give and give, but not ask for what they need in return. I, I do give. I will give. I know you will. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the cool part about this, Joyce, is when I, you know, I'll go through, I, I do a complimentary session and I'll go through the highlights and people are like, well, how do you know me? It's like, because it's your design. I don't know you, but I know your design. And this is what, this is how you're showing up in the world or not. But see, part of me giving is going back to the love. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mm -hmm. passionate, I'm passionate and I'd love to help people. Mm -hmm. to have a better quality of life holistically. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes to me and they have an issue and they really like something, but you know, it's not in their budget. Well, here, take it. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Perfect conversation. Notice how we talk about It was automatically, we go to money with that. I now talk about it as an energy exchange. Here's what mm -hmm. I need as an energy. And that could be money. That could be, can we trade services? That could be, because I've got that same, right? I've got, I, I do that same thing, right? And I'm just now learning how to ask for what I need. I'll give you this. Now, again, for me, not I give and give and give. Eventually you give out. Hmm. So now it's like, here's, but, so what's the energy exchange we can do? You can't do this fee? Okay, what could you do? If you can do anything as an energy exchange, what would it be? So that's the conversation I'm now in with that is it doesn't have to be, you notice how you went, well, you can't give any, so I'll just give it to you. That's a one-way energy exchange. Right. So for you, it's to cut my recommendation, not a should, not anything else is for you to be in alignment. It would be about, okay, so what can you give? Can you do five bucks? Can you do? I Now I have done that before too. And um, because I am an empath, I can feel the energy from people. So I know when somebody's lying to me, 
and I know when they're telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like you're li- so if I feel like if I know you're lying to me, then it's going to be like, okay, well, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're very intuitive, and you're very intuitive because you've got that open splenic center that open splenic center. And so you can probably feel, and I don't know if you've done this, start to really pull it away. You can probably feel fear more than anything else. Like you mm-hmm. can feel if somebody's fearful because the splenic center is about survival. And with an open splenic center, the way you have it, that's fe- like you can feel people's fear. And it was interesting. Again, a friend of mine, we went to this kind of in a, a, a castle, this guy's building. And we walked in and automatic, she's just like, whoa. And I'm like, what? She goes, I, she could just feel the fear from this guy that was inside of there. So it, it's really understanding how this, how this moves and then what to do with it or not, right? It's, it's not right. that you have to do anything with it. It's or not. So if people like, you know, after this conversation, I'd like to go off and study a little bit on my own more about human design. Do you have any recommendation as far as books or things to watch or websites? Well, yeah, there's, so you can go on YouTube and Google human design. There are videos on there from the creator, Ra Uruhu. Um, The leading education is the International Human Design Society School. And they do classes and they do kind of, so there's lots of stuff out there um, to, to be able to, to look at that. The best bet is to find somebody that will, will walk you through your chart. That's the biggest thing. And that's what I do is I've got a couple different options for people to do that. Because once you get it, then you start to raise your awareness of who that, that designed for you. So let's talk about that. What, you know, if, if people want to work with you, what can they expect and how could they do that? Yeah. I've got three options. One's complimentary. It's a 30 session, 30 minute session. I bathe 30, 45 minutes, basically pull up your design like this. And I run through the highlights, just kind of an awareness of how it works, how energy's moving through you, that kind of thing. So that's complimentary. And if people go to my website, www.focuspointsolution.com. There's a link there that they can schedule that session. Um, I also do a one session where we go deeper. That's like four. I think it's on there for four ninety five or four. I don't even remember what I put on there now. As it is, but it's on my website. And then I do a coaching where I take this and we go into a twelve session. Your sessions, whenever you want to do them, you bring. So the first three are kind of human design, like who are you, what's your workings, and then you bring your topic to each session and we look at where that is. And that's where the deconditioning really starts, is that conditioning we have is not ours, typically. Right. We've accepted it, right? We've accepted the story, we're attached to it. And what I found is once you discover this design, you can then you can really look at and discover the conditioning and then detach from the conditioning. The conditioning never goes away, but the detachment can. And that's what I do then in the coaching is really work with work with my clients on I call it tweezering out, pulling away that conditioning because some of it not, you know, condition isn't good or it isn't bad. It just is. 
Right. The question is, is it effective for you in your life that you want and that you're designed to be? Because that's right, what and, this reveals. And the coaching, you said that's 12 weeks? 12, well, it's 12 sessions. Oh, 12 sessions. I'm sorry. No, that's the, okay. Because most the, coaches will do that a weekly. I got to meet every week with you. And that's right. the old, that's kind of the old, that's the standard coaching model. And what I found is the first three, we kind of meet. So you know who you are and your design. And then it's, you know, I've got one guy now. It's about once a month. He's out there playing. He's looking and I communicate through a thing called Trello. It's a project management board. So they can put questions in and I'll answer in between sessions. And then he'll come in with, here's what I'm doing. And here's where I am and what's happening. And I've got one that's doing it every other week. So it's the nice part about it. It's what feels right for you. Right. So uh, the the second option that you have, is there a, a, a time frame on that one? Just like, like the coaching? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one session and it's, it's about 60 to 90 minutes, depending on. Okay. Yeah. And some people, that's all they need, right? And human design is starting to gather some traction. So again, there's lots of information out there. And just, you know, danger opportunity. There's lots of information out there. And the danger is there's lots of information out there, right? I mean, it, it, right. It, it's that kind of piece. Well, and, that's why I had asked if you would, you know, could refer something because I'm into the crystals and the herbs and essential oils. And you could go one place and read this and go someplace else and you get something that's totally different. Yeah. So it's like I've learned the different people that, I feel are accredited and I stick to yeah, I really them. don't have, uh, oops, excuse me, I got a hair. Um, I, I mean, there's so many out there. I've gone through a, a lady called Labina Archers um, and she has been my instructor now for the last year and really good at what she does. And again, she does coaching and that kind of thing. Um, but it, it's really important, I think, to find somebody that's correct for you. Um, she does not, and there are some people that, oh my God, you know, they just don't, they just don't connect. She's got a different style. So it really is, if you're going to find somebody to work with, it's finding somebody that works with you, what feels correct for you. Right. I agree with that, but I wasn't necessarily talking about working with somebody as much as like out of curiosity, I'd like to go and take a deeper look into this for myself. Yeah. So, so for you, you mentioned, yep. So for you, you've got an open head and an open Ajna which is very open and curious. So what I would recommend for you is to just go search and whatever comes up and it feels right, click on. Okay. Because you're not designed. And here's the thing, Joyce, you're designed. You're not designed to be certain about anything. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of not what we're taught, but okay. Uh, bingo. Thank you to conditioning. That's not what we're taught. No, and that's the thing too, is, you know, conditioning really stands in the way of people being able to live the life that they were created to live and be the person that they were created to be. Correct. You know, so work like what you're doing is, is really important for people to, to get a grip of, you know, who they really are. Yep. And like you said, to be able to um, deconstruct. Yeah, decondition, yep. 
decondition that was where i was trying to think of the word that you used yeah I, yeah i think it's really really important to decondition and there was times when i'll end up laying down on, on the couch at night and i'll listen to guided meditations yeah and i'll fall asleep and my husband's been like why are you doing this i said i'm reprogramming myself yeah bingo right it, you know, God has given us the most powerful super supercomputer that could ever be created, the mind. But just like any other computer, if the operating system is faulty, you're going to get faulty output. Right. So once we start to follow what's correct. So for you, the other thing for you is emotional clarity, making decisions when you're clear emotionally. Now, maybe that's a 10% clarity. Doesn't have to be 90 or 100%. Just depends on what the decision. The second piece of that, as in a defined solar plex, that's where the emotional comes from, is mm -hmm. you also don't have to explain your decision. No, I don't. <laughs> and that's, that's, but how many times in schoolers say, well, Joyce, why'd you come up with that? How'd you come up with that answer, Joyce? Can you show your work, Joyce? No, I just know that that's the answer. Is it correct? Right. Well, yeah, but you got to exactly. show your work. That's that's why for me, I had a hard time in school because of because of this. I don't know. I could come up with the answer, but then I was I felt stupid because I couldn't come up with how I did it. Well, like my husband says, they're on a need to know basis and they don't need to know. Yeah. So now it's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to come. Well, why? Because I've decided not to come. That's my choice. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing about schools. I mean, they're institutions. Yes, they are. You know, it's just another place to brainwash us. And they want us all to fit in this little box. Yeah. But yeah. we're not all the same. I'm a triangle. You can't put me in a square box. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't fit. So like you, I didn't really do good in school. I, I questioned, like, why am I here? What am I doing this for? It seemed, and, and I, I actually landed up dropping out of high school my freshman year because when I was going to high school, I thought it was going to be different. I was excited. I thought I was going to have opportunities to indulge in, in different careers and different jobs I might want to do. I was really excited. And when I got there and found out that was the same garbage I had been doing for the past eight years, I was like, hell no. Yep. Algebra. And where the heck you're, you're using letters as numbers. Yeah. Why how come, how come not Z or, Z or P or Q, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, to me, that was senseless. We have numbers. Why are you going to throw letters into the equation? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with you? You know, and why do I need to know this? Yeah. I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, but again, you know, and, and I love what you said. So when we look at conditioning, it comes to us in many ways. Our parents. Yes. Mm -hmm. School. Yeah. Religion. Right? right. Those are the three big ones. And they're all meant when you look at it. And again, when I say this, I don't mean this in a bad way, is they're all meant to control. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited right now. My daughter, he's nine months old now, had a, had a son. And I mean, she had him at home, water birth, very holistic. I mean, she did oh. all the, she did all the, and she's been on this journey with me now for the last couple of years. 
is, I mean, the minute she could, she texted me his information. And I ran his, you know, ran his chart, ran his design, and he is a true manifester. So a manifester is going to do what they're going to do. And he is nine months old. He's already pulling himself up. She's potty training him. He's cutting teeth. I mean, he's, you, you know, and, but others are saying, well, he can't do that yet. I mean, you can't train him. You can't. It's like, yeah, I can. That's right. But as a manifester child with most parents, they try to suppress that child. Manifester childs are the most suppressed because they're the most, right? They're outgoing. They're like, we're going to get, we're going to get stuff done. We're going. So what do we do? We put them in a playpen. We cage them. Mm -mm. I didn't use those with my kids. I, I do not like them. It's but like, you do, you remember, do you remember um, Back to the Future? When he goes to his mom's house and he, the baby's in the playpen. Back in the, and back in like, the West. Used to yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's the thing, right? And when we start to talk about this conditioning, what they're starting to show now, research showing it's also generational. So we inherit conditioning through generations. And this is the fun part that I'm working with a couple of my clients right now is they have the opportunity to break that conditioning. They have the, the opportunity to make that generational break and not pass it on. But most of us don't know that. We just inherit it. it just comes into us because conditioning is actually cellular. And so and that's-, that's that's kind of like trauma too, inheriting. Absolutely it is. So would you say it was the same thing or that it's different? Well, so yes. Yes, and it's the same thing. And yes, and it's different, right? Gotcha. Uh, the best book that I've read on that is called um, Your Body Knows or um, got it up here somewhere, but it's, it's uh, Your Body Knows. And it knows about trauma. It knows about that, right? And conditioning is the same way. And people ask me, well, how do I know if I'm living a life in conditioning? I'm like, well, how do you feel? Well, I feel horrible. Yeah, that's probably an indicator of that, <laughs> right? Uh, so for me as a generator, for you also, that piece that's telling us that we're not living in our true self is frustration. So how often do you get frustrated? Right. When you're frustrated, that's your body telling you, hello. And satisfaction, success is when we are living in alignment. Now, again, not success is what society tells us what success looks like. Success here. Right. Yeah. Well, Robert, it's been really great time having you on the show. Time has just flown by for us. I know. I was just looking at the clock. This is awesome. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Robert, for being on. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listening audience with? Yeah, I, I would invite and encourage your listeners to discover their design. And I believe that if we can discover our design and just start to live with our strategy and our authority, the world will be different because the world is a mirror of us and we are a mirror of the world. And when we start to align, man, guess what happens to the world? So that's, that would be my words of wisdom. I love that. And especially considering that we are all interconnected spiritually. 
Yeah. So Robert, thank you again so much for being Joyce, on the show. It's, it, it's been a great conversation. And thank you to the listeners. So wherever you're listening from, enjoy the rest of your day, night, morning. And until next time, keep on shining. Take care. Be well.